As a young guy, I had a dream that someday I would build the finest organization in professional sports. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Intercepted by the Oakland Raiders. Little Brown at the 30, 40, 50. He's going all the way. Old man Willie. Touchdown Raiders. Boom, we cross him. The left goes to the right. The right goes to the left. This guy crosses here. He crosses here. They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. You can't stop Hunter. Riffro. Stop calling tails. Stop calling tails. It's not. It's a hydrate. It's so hot sometimes. Jeez. With the flow, too. God bless you. God bless America. Ho, 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 ho. Santa Claus is here. Huddle up. Before I announce the pick, let me just say congratulations and to all the mom happy mothers and to all your moms throughout the world. Yeah, Raiders! 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 When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization. And you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Raider Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Brought to you by yours truly, Micah, and my partner in crime, Tyler. We've been away for a quick minute. Gone but not forgotten. Right, Tyler? Gone but always lurking in the background. Always, always lurking in the background. As always, you want to give us a call, be on the podcast, give us a call. 208-557-9771 is the number to call. Jump on, leave us a voicemail, and we'd like to play it on the podcast. We have several regular callers, and we love getting your input, your insights. This is a fan-oriented podcast Family-friendly as well, if I'm allowed to throw that in there. Absolutely. Tyler? It's organic as well. It's so organic. It's 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 non-GMO. Yep. There's no, no pesticides in it at all. No um, antibiotics. No artificial hormones. Clean. No. Yes. Yes. Grass-fed, oh, farm-raised. Yes. Yeah. No soy content. added. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know how it is here at Behind the Eye We've outlasted multiple Raider podcasts. People who have gone away, been led astray, feel they're too busy for Raider Nation. Nay, says Behind the Eye Patch podcast founders, we are never too busy for the nation. Um, minus the last three months. Anyway. <laughs> 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 but I digress. When life calls and we are filming YouTube videos and taking kids to soccer and softball, we're right there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, even Batman, you know, Batman, the city called on Batman countless times. But even Batman couldn't get to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's be honest. His girlfriend passed away because he couldn't get to everybody. You know, if you've seen this story, you know. If you know, you know. Right, Tyler? So, Oh, yeah. You know, my favorite saying. <laughs> we, we we are there for the people most of the time. And look, the light has been shining in the sky. The BTE has been yes. bouncing off the clouds. And we've responded. And we're coming back in a big way, I feel like, with 
a fantastic interview for you. I mean, we're, we're, we're flying right out of the gates. We're not, we're not dragging in. You know, we, we, we're bringing quality content to the table after a couple months away with a phenomenal interview, a gem of a pick in the later rounds, if I do say so myself. And I think I speak for Tyler as well. Yes, you and do. Tanner Connor, 6'3", speedy wide receiver, 230 pounds, out of Idaho State, dual sport athlete. Uh, I'm really excited about this interview, Tyler. Real underdog story. It is. It's an awesome interview. Great guy uh, was willing to give us the time of day. That doesn't happen very often. So, Tanner, if you're listening, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We know you're getting ready for the draft. We know you're training, eating your ground turkey and whatever else it is that you're meal prepping and not able to eat. I think Rice was in there as well. But uh, appreciate him. Really excited Uh, for the interview with him. As a matter of fact, let's get into that interview right now. Micah here from Idaho State University wide receiver Tanner Connor. Raider Nation excited to be joined by Tanner Connor. The 6'3", 225-pound wide receiver out of Idaho State. Tanner, man, we appreciate your time. How you been? How's the offseason been since the last game? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And the offseason has been great. I went up to uh, X3 for a few months in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, to do some pre-draft training, and it went really well up there. And I'm excited to show off what I can do on Broda. Dude, that's fantastic. Raider Nation. Tanner earned three Big Sky Championship titles in both the 60-meter hurdles and 100-meter hurdle. Dual sport athlete currently holds the record in the Big Sky for the 60-meter hurdle. Tanner, man, from what I understand, it was kind of always a dream for you to be a dual sport athlete. From the early days, though, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't looking like that was going to be the case. Kind of take us through what transpired there and how you're able to really do it all. I mean, one sport in college is enough, right? To do two. I mean, that's insane. That's a heavy workload. That's a lot going on. Kind of take us through what transpired there and, and how you got to this point. Yeah. I've told the story a lot of times. It's I tell it differently every time because there's always more detail, details that go into it. But basically <clears throat> in high school, I was kind of an underdeveloped athlete. I had a lot of potential coming out of high school, but uh, I was on a, you know, not so well, not so good football team. Uh, we won three games between my junior and senior seasons, and I wasn't really getting any stats. I wasn't doing, you know, anything crazy to you know, be looked at by my colleges for football. And so uh, I remember in April, signing day came and went, and I didn't have any offers or any interest at all for football. And so I kind of just focused on my track uh, career after that. I ended up having a really good track season my senior year and ended up getting some Pac-12 and Big Sky offers for track. Well, University of Washington, Washington State, and then a bunch of Big Sky schools. But I knew that I still wanted to play football and that that was my passion, that I had a lot of potential left there. And so every school I visited, I was I asked them if I could, you know, talk to the football coaches, maybe get connected with them. And it never really transpired until I got to Idaho State. So I was pretty much rejected five or six times. And then my last visit was Idaho State. And so I get there and Hillary Merkley, the head track coach, was also a dual sport athlete in uh, college. And she kind of understood my dream, my passion. And so uh, took me to the football coach's offices. I gave him my huddle link. And then two hours later, I was offered a full ride football scholarship and became a walk on track athlete. Wow, man, that's incredible. And, and 
coming from a background where, you know, you weren't on the state championship, you know, high school team, you see a lot of athletes that come out, you know, of big high schools, these teams are, you know, these guys are constantly playing in front of large crowds. You've got, you know, people there scouting these teams, you know, you've got the state highs, the state championship teams, the runner ups, that kind of thing coming out of a school, really uh, a kind of a big underdog story. It sounds like to me. So man, congratulations on that. I mean, that's a big victory to keep grinding and, uh, and, and not to give up to just keep going at it and, and not just give up on that dream so quickly. Good for you, man. I got to say that good for you. First off, um, getting ready for this, then kind of the next phase of your career, right? So what's that been like in the off season? How are you preparing for, for basically, you know, the next step in your football career? Yeah. So, uh, I ended up going to X3 in Fort Myers. It was a uh, training facility, like most pre-draft guys go to and met Jordan Llewellyn and I, he's the head trainer. I met him about two and a half years ago and he reached out to me before I was even having a breakout season for football. And he said, man, I think you're a really good athlete. I think in a couple of years, I want to train you up here uh, for the draft. So he kind of saw some potential in me before anybody else did. And so I ended up going up there to train for about two and a half months and, you know, just got a lot leaner, got a lot stronger, learned nutrition better. I worked on you know a bunch of combine type stuff and uh, obviously worked on my skills as a receiver as well, with the receivers coach up there. And so uh, the offseason has been great. You know, I've been getting a lot stronger, faster, um, been maintaining my weight. My, my biggest goal was to kind of get a little bit leaner, but stay, you know, between 230 and 235 while getting faster. Because if I could show off some good speed at that size, I think I could turn a lot of heads. So the offseason has been great for me. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So Tanner, yeah, Tanner, before, before we started recording this show, I was telling you that I'm from Idaho. Uh, I'm from Idaho Falls. Um, so there's, I don't really follow Idaho State football because it's usually really bad. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I'm going to ask you a question that you may or may not know the answer to. Don't feel bad if you don't, because I had to look it up myself. Do you remember or do you know the last player from Idaho State University to be drafted into the NFL? Was Josh Hill drafted? When when would Josh Hill have come out? I don't remember. Uh, I know there's obviously Jared Allen. There's a couple others, but it's been a long time. Uh, Josh Hill is the one that we always talked about because he's the most recent NFL player because he's been on the Saints for a long time, but... Jo- oh, um, I know Josh Hill. He's from Blackfoot. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. I think he was an undrafted free agent. The last guy drafted, you hit it, was Jared Allen. So yeah. Jared Allen in 2004 was the last guy drafted out of Idaho State University. So what would it mean for you to break that streak? It's now 2022. What would that mean for you uh, personally? That would be amazing because I think I tell us everybody's that I think my biggest purpose is to make the NFL get drafted to show that, you know, the underdog can still get out there and, and you know, become like a, an actual player for people. And I think my story is good because I came out of high school, no offers similar to other big time stories. And then at the same time, I kind of repeated history at college. It was on a not so great team. You really didn't have many um, NFL scouts looking at me. My track uh profile helped me out a lot. So scouts maybe saw some of my film, they kind of correlated with some of the track times. And now here I am an FCS kind of underdog coming out. Uh, if I could be drafted among some of the elite players, you know, at the FBS level, that would be, that'd be great. It would be a good inspiration for the younger generation as well. So that's kind of what I feel like my purpose is. That's awesome. That's awesome answer. So it mean, I mean, it obviously means a lot to you if that, if, 
if, and we hope that it does, if that happens, then, I mean, that's a big deal. That's there's another guy from the FBS that people are probably aware of. And I just forgot his name. His last name's Anderson. He played at Montana state. A line. Yeah. Troy Anderson, Troy Anderson. Yeah. Um, Compared to him speed wise, are you faster than Troy Anderson? Well, yeah. I mean, no disrespect, <laughs> no disrespect to Troy, but Troy, Troy's a phenomenal athlete. He's an amazing athlete for a linebacker. He's like, he's going to go really high because of how much speed he has in that position. But um, I would bet on myself every single time racing against Troy Anderson. But I'm also a receiver and a track guy. So it's no hate on him. I just, you know, I'm a nope. faster athlete. Nope. That, that is fine. <laughs> I, so I, Micah asked me, how did you find this guy? I love the draft. I, I wouldn't call myself a draft guru, but every year I like to find a few names that are like, maybe not everybody knows. And I came across your name. Um, I think it was draft diamonds or some, some Twitter account. And I was, I was intrigued because number one, you're from Idaho state. That's where you played. I know you're from Washington, but you played at Idaho state. That doesn't happen often as we've seen. Um, and then I was, I went to your tape and you're fast. Like you, you are a big dude and you are fast. What, um, how did you get so fast? Is, is your, is it just natural? What did you do to work on your speed? How, how did you get so fast? I mean, number one, it's obviously genetics. I came from an athletic family. My dad played at the University of Oregon. He played in the NFL for a short stint of time before he injured his shoulder. And so um, having him, you know, obviously we have good genes. My two younger brothers are also very athletic. My middle brother is actually playing linebacker slash edge at Idaho State right now. So um, obviously genetics. But I think what really helped me with my speed is I started track in the third grade. And so I just kind of learned proper running mechanics from a very young age. And I think a lot of football guys miss out on that. So I always had guys coming up and asking me, like, how to run faster. And a lot of those guys are just missing the proper mechanics of how to really you know, transfer speed. And so that's where I really got a lot of my speed from. That's fascinating that you were able to take one sport and transform it into something else as far as um, use that as leverage in another sport. Um, Were you ever told, you know, at, at, at your height and your speed, were you ever approached about playing different positions than the wide receiver position? Or was that something that you were always just kind of built for and people wanted you to stay with, or have you ever been approached even now at thinking about switching to position that you're at? Yeah. To be brutally honest with you, if I could go back and do it again, I would have played defense either probably some kind of outside linebacker, or linebacker type. Cause I think I didn't know I was going to get this big. And so going back now, I would have done it. Coach Coop, Idaho state. When I first got there, I think it was my sophomore year told me, if you come play linebacker for me, I'll get you to the NFL. And so uh, I've had plenty of people tell me I should play different positions. Tight end is brought up a lot nowadays, tight end, H-back and all of that. Um, but I always played a receiver because I was faster than everybody else. Like, so I never right. transferred a tight end because I was still our fastest receiver. But going back, I probably would have played defense like my dad. But um, this is where I'm at now. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Draft day, obviously coming up. you got pro day coming up first. Uh, when is – the Bengals pro day just for our listeners. So they could tune in. We can kind of catch that because I'm very so, intrigued. Yeah. So interesting enough, I won't be doing the Bengals pro day. I'll be doing the university of Washington's pro day. Okay. Um, I got into that because I live in close, close proximity to the university of Washington. They needed receivers and I get more eyes on me that way. And so I decided to opt out of the Idaho state uh, pro day and going to the UW one. I'll be on March 29th. 
March 29th. That's awesome, man. And as draft day, obviously, after that, you're going to know a little bit more after the pro day. I'm sure more info starts coming in. Um, but looking forward to the draft because obviously that's where all this is heading. Uh, do you have any indications? I know we're still a little bit early in the process, but I mean, we're, we're getting there. It's right around the corner. Of what? Do you have any indication like what that's going to look like for you? And, and what are your plans for that weekend? Yeah, I mean, the dream is to get drafted at all. And so hoping just to, you know, go and lay rounds where you sleep all the way up a little bit. I think Pro Day will have a big implication on that if I run the numbers and do the things I want to do and that I know I can do. Uh, I think just with my unique skill set, if I can kind of prove these guys I'm a good route runner, can catch well, and then obviously I have outstanding metrics, which I plan to have, I think I can bump myself up a little bit. But getting drafted would be the goal, and that would be awesome uh, to watch with my family. That's awesome, man. Raider Nation, once again, we're joined by Tanner Connor, wide receiver out of Idaho State. What do you think, um, you know, going to the next level, obviously, what, is, what does a team get? when they draft you, how would you describe that? What do you bring to the table? I think I bring a very unique skill set in terms of uh, natural ability, but also in something where I have become kind of indifferent to what position I play. I'm very um, attuned to playing special teams. I would love to play special teams in the NFL, but also develop as a receiver or a tight end or an H-back or any kind of flex player role. And I think I'm just super open to playing a different bunch of positions because at my size, 230, you know, 6'3", uh, but can run at the same time and I'm decently strong. I think I can do a lot of different things and bring a lot of versatility to a team. So I think of myself having a lot of value to any kind of team that needs, you know, some kind of developmental guy who also needs help on special teams. So that's kind of where I see myself. That's awesome, man. Jack of all trades. I like it. Tyler. I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, what type of offense fits you best? What, what do you like to do? What are your, you know, what's your route tree? Like, what are things like that? What do you, what do you enjoy doing on the football field? Yeah. So I come from an RPO style offense out of a state. That's what I ran all five years. I was there. Um, and you know, I I'm seen as a deep threat guy cause I can stretch the field vertically, but I also like to get the ball underneath and make guys and run through contact. I think one of my greatest attributes comes within the actual game of football when it's live because I shed more tackles. I think people realize I run through contact really well. I get extra yards after contact really well. So um, any kind of offense where I can get the ball in my hands and be able to just get a little bit of momentum to run up field or be able to stretch it vertically. I've always wanted to be in the Lego West Coast offense, but I ran an RPO system that worked well for a few years, um, but I think I'm versatile on that asset. So uh, just being able to get a little bit of speed momentum in my hands with the ball uh, is something I would excel at. Very good. Um, sorry. My, (laughs) my voice is like changing. That's odd. Um, When, what is your favorite memory of playing at Idaho state? Is there a play that stands out to you that, that you enjoy is like, is there maybe a couple plays that you were like, yes, that put me on the map. Yeah. uh, I think that was in 2019. My Portland State game, I had three touchdowns, and that was kind of the time I realized that I was built to be able to play in that position because I had been low on the depth chart up until that season when I finally got my opportunity to start. So having a game like that where all my team, you know, get to a blowout victory and be able to put myself on the map, I think that's when I realized that I could play not only at the collegiate level, but I could develop into a next-level guy as well. So uh, that's one of the games I'll never forget. Any other ones? Um, this past season, the UC Davis one, because it was the only game we won and I had a really good game as well. I ended up scoring a good touchdown for us and helped us, you know, spark some things on offense. And so, you know, helping your team get the only one of the season that always feels good. <laughs> Actually, yes. if you want to look for yeah. silver lining. Yeah. You know, 
Tanner, coming from back when I played football in high school, I can relate a little bit. I was I played for a team that wasn't very good, small school. Uh, I think my senior year, I think we won three games. Uh, and it was very difficult because we came from kind of a rich history. Well, like five years prior, we'd been to state. So obviously growing up watching that in my small town had high hopes. And then I finally get to the high school level and kind of the towns on the decline, obviously then the sporting side of things on the decline, struggled junior, senior year to put any kind of wins together. Um, so I understand where you're coming from, from that side, as far as I want to know what, what's it like, because it's difficult that everything's easy when you're winning, you're part of a championship team, you've got championship caliber, caliber people surrounding you. Uh, things are easier as far as the whole process of, of wanting to become, you know, a college athlete, then trying to make it to the next level. But when, when you're faced with these kinds of adversities where just your situation, you're not surrounded by, you know, championship caliber players, coaches, uh, you know, staff, school, everything. Um, what's, what does it take mentally to just kind of keep going, you know, day in, day out to, to, to keep hitting the weight room, to keep, you know, learning the playbook to try to just do the best that you can do, you know, control what you can control. Um, you know, what, what was that like as far as did that do, were there any ever times that you just thought, I don't, you know, I need to move towns. I need to switch schools, anything like that. Did that ever cross your mind? Give up. I mean, was that ever part of, you know, that ever, was that ever part of your thought process? Yeah. I had a lot of teammates ask why I never switched schools. And I, I had a lot of loyalty to Idaho State because they were the only school to ever take me for football. And so I knew that I was never going to leave that school, no matter how bad things were. For me, you know, I had the same situation in high school and I just always kind of looked inwardly at myself. I just, you know, what can I do better to help my team win? Because there was obviously some things that could have been changed outside of my control that could have helped us become a better team. Um, but like every single week, you just got to look at, well, what can I do to make this team better? And so like my strength coach said best, it's like, man, every time you get the ball, you just got to score. And I'm like, you're right. I should just, you know, have that mentality where like I shouldn't ever, you know, put things on other people because I need to be better uh, myself on uh, the field to help my team win, especially if we're going to be, you know, in a struggling environment. So um, giving up, no, I don't think I've ever been close to giving up on football during that part. Um, but I always knew there was there was going to be a silver lining and that I would be able to make it out um, and hope and bring hope to the, you know, the kids who also feel like they're in a bad situation. And so. Um, that's why this is so big for me and making it to the next level because if there's other people in my situation that feel like the world is stacked against them that, you know, if they just continue to work on themselves and become a little bit of a standout that they can make it out as well. So um, I never really thought about giving up or just getting better. That's awesome. Great mindset to have because, you know, there are thousands of student athletes out there that are in the same position that you've been in. Not every school's championship caliber. Not every school has the winning coach, the big program, the big players, the new gym equipment, the new field, all that kind of stuff. There are, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of high schools, thousands of colleges out there that are small level, entry level, um, small towns out there just hoping to field a team every year. And it's a true under, underdog story, Raider Nation. I like that. that. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Congratulations. Tyler, you've got anything else for Tanner? Or else I'm going to uh, wrap it up with the random question of the week. I do. I what what motive? What's your biggest source of motivation? The biggest source of motivation for me is kind of just proving to myself that 
I can get as far as I want to get as long as I believe in that. And so there's plenty of times in my life where I didn't have as much confidence in myself. My dad was a very successful athlete and I was a late developing athlete. And so I think time and time again, I just have to remind myself that as long as I can have a positive mindset and be grateful for everything I've been blessed with, even if it's not as good as what other people have, it's always better than what somebody else has. And so what motivates me is just, you know, being able to reach the top. And like I mentioned earlier, I just want to be able to help other people be able to get out of the same situation and have that same mindset. So I just kind of want to be a light to people who maybe don't have that. That's awesome, man. That's really great. So I have to ask this question because growing up, obviously this is a Raiders podcast. Mike and I have been Raiders fans since we were little kids. Um, if there was a team that you were like, man, please draft me. What, what team would that be? Everybody asked me that. And I, and not even to like be like, biased, I really don't have a team that I would love, like that I really want to be with. I would love to be on the Raiders because they're in Vegas. And when we went to the Shrine Bowl and their stadium and all that, it was a great That's atmosphere. what we like to I hear. Would, we like that. I'd love, I'd love to play alongside, <laughs> you know, Devontae Adams. You guys got a new great wide receiver one over there. And so, uh, I guess I'll last up going for you, but um, we also you know, have a guy named Darren Waller. I'm sure you've heard of him. I've been watching a lot of Darren Waller to see what kind of comparisons I can make. And so, because who knows if I end up playing receiver, if I end up playing tight end, but. Well, that guy uh, started off as a, as a wide out on a practice squad. And, yep. and I'm sure you know his story and yeah. start now. I mean, he's easy top three tight end in the NFL. So yep. I, I think what, what I, appreciate about your story is your humbleness. Like you're humble enough to be like, yeah, if if they don't want me as a wide receiver, like I could still play tight end or I could be an H back. And I think that's fantastic because I, I look at like a Tim Tebow who came out of college and he's like, no, I'm going to be a quarterback. And he was, he was not as humble when they asked him, Hey, can you switch to tight end? And he's like, no, I'm a quarterback. I think that's awesome because as we've seen with Darren Waller, he came into the league as, as you know, a wide receiver out of Georgia tech. And then he, he was like, you know what, this just isn't working. And, and I, not to say that you won't be a wide receiver, but I think your attitude about that is, is phenomenal. Like, yeah, if they ask me to be a tight end, I can do that and I can still move quickly and put on a few more pounds. I think that's awesome. Micah, I think I will let you hit, hit Tanner with our question of the week and we'll wrap this up before I do that though. We do have a guy on our team. The Raiders do from an FBS school. His name's Max Crosby. So there, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. The dude just got paid. He's relentless. And I I think you have that same attitude. So, so kudos to you. Appreciate it. Tanner, man, we appreciate your time as always. First off, I got two questions for you. As you know, um, anybody who's been following the NFL, this has been dubbed probably the craziest, the wildest offseason thus far. Today we had the news, Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins. Um, and as a Raider fan, obviously, I rejoice. Um, yes. What, what, in your opinion, man, just straight up, what's the craziest move thus far that has happened this year? And I mean, we've just started there. We've got deadlines where, where the cap starts hitting and, and people can drop players and all that kind of stuff still coming up. So there's plenty of off season to go, not including the draft. Um, but to this point, what's the craziest move so far in your opinion? Obviously the, 
the lucrative contracts for receivers has been wild. But as a Seahawks fan, watching them let go of Russell Wilson and then just yeah. drop Bobby and then dropping Bobby Wagner right after was one of the oh. craziest things I've ever witnessed. So I think that is by far both those in tandem were the craziest things that have happened so far. Well, it's kind of signals the end of an era, right? Like very I mean, everybody's gone. Yeah. I mean, that that is uh um I feel kind of bad because I like growing up, I remember, you know, Seattle just wasn't very good. They were kind of one of those mediocre teams at best kind of reminded me of the Bengals for all those years. And then they finally, you know, they had that in, insane draft class. Russell will, I mean, by all rights should have had two rings. Um, yep. If you hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, like you should, uh, I, I, I'm sorry to bring that up again, but <laughs> I was going to say honest, that salt, I'm used to it, man. That's salt to. in the wound, Micah. You're going I for know, the jugular on that one. You know, but as a Raider fan, we have to, uh, uh, we have to watch the fumble every year and be reminded yep. of the fumble against Tom Brady. So he understands he, he gets where I'm coming from. Yeah. <laughs> even the, they even made a 30 for 30 about that one. I, that one hurts. <laughs> yeah. Utterly ridiculous. Anyway, I digress. Raider Nation, once again, interviewing Tanner Connor, 6'3", 230-pound wide receiver out of Idaho State. A lot of buzz around him heading in draft day. Sneaky pick. They're saying, Tanner, we always wrap up our interviews with a random question. This has nothing to do with sports at all. So it's just totally off the cuff. And it comes out of left field. So here you have it. There's a meteor hurtling towards Earth, and you have one more day to live. What is your last meal? I want I want what you're drinking. I want a full plate of food and a dessert. I'm eating pizza for sure. Oh, uh, wow. I don't know where I'm eating. I'm not a big, I'm not bougie like that. I don't need nice food. I want a big pizza. Uh, it's going to be a barbecue chicken pizza. Is or, there a company uh, that it's coming from? It's probably going to come from uh, Papa Murphy's. Okay, uh, excellent choice. Oh, wow. Lander me if you want to, but it is. And then I'm drinking Fanta because I never drink Fanta, but I love it. It's like the devil's nectar. And then what was the last part? <laughs> I want a dessert. So, so Fanta. Dessert. Oh, a dessert? What, uh, what a flavor of Fanta? Sorry. Oh, oh. Um, I mean, regular is good. Just orange? Uh, strawberry is better. Strawberry is okay. my favorite. For strawberry, and for dessert. Fanta. Yeah, and a, a dessert and gonna a Papa be a, Murphy's barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, okay. and dessert. I'm getting a a, a pizuki from BJ's. It's a pizza. It's a pizza cookie with ice cream. So holy cow! <laughs> I, my... I sense a trend here, Tyler. I sense yeah. a trend here. You know what? I, it makes me question this a little bit. I mean, your last meal on Earth, but you know what? You went right for it. I respect that. Like there was there was very little hesitation. You knew what you wanted, and I mean, if you want to fill up on pizza and Fanta for the last meal out of everything <laughs> out there, man, do you go good? For probably, you, I've been, I've been meal prepping nothing but ground Turkey and rice the past three months. So I, <laughs> I that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> I bet a little perspective, a little perspective. sugar in that diet. Oh man. Yeah. None. And, and you are still, you still hold the record for the 60 meter hurdle. Is that correct? In the big sky? I do. I was actually watching the Big Sky Championships a few weeks back to see if they're going to get close to getting it. No one did. So No one did. There you go, Raider Nation. Dual sport athlete out of Idaho State. Really sounds like uh, the track is really what's gotten you, you know, to this point and opened the door for you. That's been awesome, man. And, uh, uh, and now you're at this point, amazing point in your career where there's a lot, 
a lot uh, to look forward to. If football, I, I promise this is the final question. If it's not football, man, what would it be? Do I get a, do I get to be better at it? Or is it like with my current skills? abilities i'm saying like i'm saying like with you if let's pretend let's you know let's pretend you've had a healthy career let's say let's say you've spent 10 years in the nfl you've had a good time what are you doing after that as a career oh uh long term i want to be a detective um wow specifically drug or homicide unit wow that's wow that's very specific is there a reason is there a background on that or is that just uh, something you've always wanted to do my dad's been a lot, uh, been law enforcement for 23 years, but I don't want to be a police officer. I want to be more of the detective side. I'm more analytically minded that way. And I did okay. an internship with Pocatello uh, State PD um, drug unit a few years back. And I really enjoyed what they did and the, the whole you know process and how they find drug dealers, and stuff like that, and help you know clean up the streets a little bit. That's, that's, that's awesome. what I'm into. So that's awesome. Tanner, man, we really appreciate your time. We really look forward to your pro day. And I'm excited to tune into that, see how that goes. Raider Nation will be as well. As you know, man, we're always looking for wide receivers for Derek Carr. So we love this process. Big props to you, man. Shout out. Look forward to what the future holds for you, man. We appreciate your time coming on the show. And good luck to you, man. We look forward to it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank you for for replying on Twitter. I know that's sometimes a scary thing. but wow. uh, appreciate it. Best of luck to you. I I look forward to the draft. I will be watching and seeing where Tanner Connor goes to. Hopefully, it's the silver and black in that shiny new stadium. And uh, best of luck to you, sir. And uh, hopefully, nobody touches that hurdles record for a long time. Hopefully. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, you betcha. Have a good night, it. sir. Yeah, you too. fantastic interview really appreciated his story and good luck to tanner man we're pulling for him here at behind the ipad podcast to the silver and black i'd love that i'd love that but honestly it it would be such team really yeah man i mean for 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 the obstacles that he's overcome to be able to just make it into the nfl man i mean every kid's dream right when you start at you know start a little age start in the middle school level and, and, you know, you always dream about being a professional athlete. I mean, what, what person has it who's played sports? And, um, man, he's just, a, he's just another step or two away from actually fulfilling that. So good luck to him. We're excited to see how his story unfolds. Speaking of stories unfolding, Tyler, what in the world is happening <laughs> in free agency this year, man? Oh, the Raiders are going out and freaking putting the league on notice. They were quiet for the first couple days of free agency. I admit I was getting a little frustrated. I wasn't super stoked about Ziegler and McDaniels in the first place. And then they sat there and wiggled their thumbs for two days at the start of free agency and did nothing. And I was like, Micah, Birch. What in the Sam Hill are we doing? We have to fill giant gaping holes in this roster. Yes. Yes. And and I believe it was about the third or fourth day, Micah, the clouds opened up 
and the heavens smiled upon Raider Nation, and there was a trade made that only involved a first-round pick and a second-round pick, and we got, arguably, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the entire National Football League, who just happens to be named Devontae Adams. Devontae freaking Adams is a Las Vegas Raider. That is just straight bone thugs and harmony right there, Micah. Bone thugs and harmony <laughs> is how I felt. Yeah, well, let's not let's not forget now, a few days earlier, Chandler Jones was the first player that the heavens smiled down upon us. That is true. I got ahead of myself. I apologize. That's fine. I was just super stoked for Devontae Adams. Well, we've been beating that drum. And, you know, I took to Bleacher Report because all offseason I've heard – you know, all the talking, all the, you know, the, the the professional managers on Bleacher Report saying, there's no way we're getting Devontae Adams, so just shut up. Don't even think about it. Like, if that's what you're messaging right now, you don't know the game, you don't know football, you're a casual fan. And lo and behold, Tyler, a, a month, a few weeks later, all of a sudden, Devontae Adams looking, dare I say, fleek, if the kids still use that term, <laughs> in the silver and black. I mean, it's it was meant to be. The all-black suit, the, uh, oh, everything just blacked out at that press conference, yeah. saying the right things, not being Antonio Brown, like everything you want in a wide receiver, Micah, was right there. Excellent answers to questions. Very well-spoken. Very well-thought-out answers. It was just... It was a breath of fresh air. It just felt good. Like, yes, this. This is finally what we have been missing for Derek Carr. Oh, it, it just feels like pure like candy on Christmas. It, well, it's just Christmas. Christmas came early this year. Ho, ho, ho. I, love, I, I see what you did there. The thing, too, about this is that, you know, Tyler, you and I are Boise State fans. We watched Carr and Adams play, man. We watched yeah, them. Yeah, it those, hurt to watch them play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they put the Mountain West, I mean, on notice when they the two seasons they were together. And obviously the second year winning the Mountain West Championship. I mean, it was... Uh, the defenses, it was tough on opposing defenses. And, and so we know that history. There's a rich history there. So it's not as if, you know, we picked up DeAndre Hopkins and now Carr and Hopkins have to build a rapport. Man, these two guys have a rapport back that goes way back. This is just going to be going out, I think, and just playing some backyard football once again for these two guys. I think it's a morale boost for Derek Carr. Because I think it took a couple seasons for him to get over the Mac trade that happened. I personally do. I think that was a blow because I think they were bros. I think they were putting something together. Mac on the defensive side of the ball. Carr on the offensive side. They were young. And then all of a sudden, like, things get just incredibly shook up with, with Mac leaving. And then just the John Gruden era and everything. And I just, I don't know, man. I just feel really comfortable about this. And I'm... I'm I feel really optimistic, and I can't tell you the last time that, like, 
I felt really optimistic as a Raider fan. I honestly, I, I've been cautiously optimistic before. I've always waited around for like, well, wait for the other shoe to drop, you know, kind of a thing. It might be okay now, but we're going to hit a wall at some point. But man, I, I mean, we've still got some pieces we need. I'm, uh, there's no deny that. I'm not sitting here beating my chest saying, you know, we're Super Bowl champs or anything like that. But like, right. man, when the rest of specifically... The AFC West is making moves. We've added Russell Wilson into the mix. Um, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster goes to the Chiefs. I, I mean, I'm not terribly worried about that. But the Chargers pick up Khalil Mack. And, and you're just watching all these moves and you're going, man, we, we better do something, man. We better do something. Then all of a sudden, bam, Chandler Jones. Bam, Devontae Adams. And I feel like, I feel like if we were a Madden rating, we went from an 82 overall to like a 90 or an 89 overall. I feel like that's a that's a great way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm I'm psyched. I'm psyched, Tyler. I'm psyched as well. One thing that I I'm just looking on the transactions on raiders.com. One thing we failed to mention uh is that 5 on the 11th of March, we signed defensive end Max Crosby to a long-term extension. Yes. Very well deserved. Amen. Um, I've gotten to the point where it's like, it's not my money, so you give them whatever they want. Right? <laughs> right. All this money's funny money anyways. All this like guaranteed and not guaranteed and dead years and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not a GM. If they want to pay Max Crosby what they paid him, Okay, fine. That's not my money. I'll maybe I'll buy an extra hat this year if that helps with revenue. Okay, um, we signed Chandler Jones, a cornerback, Anthony Averett uh, from the Ravens. There we go. Uh, a couple other cornerbacks. Brandon Bolden makes this list. He's a running back from the Patriots. Jacob Johnson, a fullback from the Patriots. Uh, Bilal. Nichols, who's a defensive tackle from the Bears. And then in a straight player-for-player player swap, which was interesting, freeing up some money, we got cornerback Rock Yassin from the Colts for oh, defensive yes. end Yannick Ngakwe, who I was like, Ngakwe, Crosby, and Chandler Jones? And about 30 seconds later, I think Birch texted us and was like, uh, Ngakwe's gone. Yeah. <laughs> or... And so, anyway, so we've made a few off-season moves. Like you said, there are still some um, some holes in the roster that we we need to fill. But, I mean, today, Micah, the news comes out about um, Tyreek Hill, right? Right. Getting traded from the, from the Chiefs to the Dolphins for not one, not two, not three, not four, but five draft picks. Right. Five draft picks for Tyreek Hill. Number one, I hate his guts, and I'm glad to see the idiot gone. Number two, how much better does this Devontae Adams trade look for the Raiders? Oh. I mean, we got him for a first and a second this year. The Dolphins traded a first, a second, two-fourths, and a sixth. For Tyreek Hill. Plus, they had to pay the man. That's incredible. Like, we straight fleeced 
the Packers if you look at it that way. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's looking better and better. And then when you see the money that we're paying him, I mean, dude, it's like market value. That's the one thing I was talking about. You know, classic Raiders, we go and overpay everybody, right? And you're going, what in the Sam Hill? But the Raiders got Devontae Adams' market value. Chandler Jones was a solid deal. Rakia Sin. I mean, I had forgotten about He's that still one, on a man. rookie contract. Yeah, I mean, straight up for Ngakwe, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, we got like three star defensive ends. This is going to be interesting. Nope. One goes. And dude, we need a corner. We needed Rakia Sin. So, so I'm excited to add him to the team. Um, but that Devontae Adams thing, man, I, I almost, I don't quite, but I almost feel bad for the Packers because I feel like, here's what I feel like, man. We've been on the opposite end of those trades for a long time. Usually we're the ones sitting here going, why did we just give this guy away for peanuts? You know? And, and for once... In the in the most recent history that I can remember, man, like we're the ones on the opposite side where we got a good deal. We're paying him fair market value money. By the way, Max Crosby's getting fair market value money as well. We didn't go over the top with that either. Um, and it's like, wow, I feel like the books look good. The players look good. Why is everything in the balance right now? You know, why does everything look and feel good? There's usually always something that it's like, well, yeah, we have him, but we don't have anybody else, or we're not going to be able to do this, or we don't have draft picks for that. I mean, we have a first round draft picks next year. You know, we did. It's not a first and a second this year, and a first and a second next year. Just first, second, done. And when we talked about this off air. And we joked in our chat room, dude, I'd give up a first and a second for Adams. We laughed and it was like, and it was you, Tyler, that was like, let's be realistic though. That's never going to happen. They're going to want at least two first round picks. And it was like, well, yeah, that's true. And yet here we are, Tyler. And yet, and we said, dude, I'd do two first round picks. Yeah. I would, I'd pull the trigger on that. Because Devonta Adams, 29 years old, I think... Uh, we we you and I both think he's got at least three or four more seasons. Oh, absolutely! Of being of being one of the top tier wide receivers in the league. You know, we're not going out and picking up Julio Jones. You know, right? And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, I would have been excited about that four years ago, but now, I mean, come on. You know, it's it's I we needed to do something to keep up with the rest of just the AFC West. I'm not talking about the rest of the league. Just the AFC West. The ACS, man, is looking stacked. Now, I will say after today, with the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, now, the walrus over there always has a plan. He's always scheming. Right. So, I respect that. But all of a sudden, they just don't look quite as big and bad anymore, Tyler. And all of a sudden, I feel like they look like a very beatable team. They look like a a team... That on all, defensively, you can score on the Chiefs, right? And even more yep. so now with Devonta Adams and Robinson. We add, I like that pick. That's a sneaky good pick. I think Robinson, a wide receiver from the Chiefs, for us is better than an Aitman or whoever. I mean, add anybody else in there. Uh, yeah, I would even, I would argue you could probably say he's better than Zay Jones as well. Um, yeah, so I, I would argue that as well. 
It's been uh, an upgrade at the offensive position and now defensively for us, plus it's addition by subtraction. With Hill gone, that our defense all of a sudden you don't have to scheme for Tyreek Hill. Because let's let's be honest, man. That's what you had to do every time you play the Chiefs. You had to scheme for Tyreek Hill. Plus you had Kelsey, but it was mainly Tyreek Hill because he could kill you literally every play. Not anymore. He's gone. It opens up the defense now, and I'm excited. Yeah, that's fantastic. That, besides the Devontae Adams trade, that's been my second favorite trade <laughs> right. of the entire offseason is Hill getting the Sam Hill out of the AFC West. You did mention one name that does worry me a little bit, uh, Russell Wilson, depending on right. you know how, how that finger does in the cold of Denver in the wintertime. Right. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson can still chuck a ball. Mm -hmm. I think he's still dangerous, but I, I'm not sure that he goes back to prime Russell Wilson. I, I think he's probably better than when Peyton Manning got to the Broncos and had to have surgery on his neck. I think he's, he's probably in got more left in his career than Peyton Manning did when he went to the Broncos, but it's still scary. Uh, yes. In in that way, of, it's just like, man, that's that's a tough, you know, that's a tough play against twice a year. Uh, as you mentioned, Khalil Mack and Joey Boza on the ends of the line um, in, San, in San Diego, Los Angeles charges, go charges. Um, it was, those moves had me worried. And, and I think they had probably all Raiders fans worried. What are we doing? And then Chandler Jones falls. We hear that rumor. And then, you know, a couple days later, bam, uh, we've got Devonte Adams in the building. He's a Raider. It still feels really exciting. Every time I say that, I mean, if you look at that wide receiver room, we just added Demarcus Robinson, right? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs today, field stretcher. Um, you've got Devontae Adams, arguably one of the greatest route runners to ever play. And you've got Hunter Renfro, who we all know is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Amen. Um, at least drafted in the fifth round out of Clemson. And... Um, I mean, and, and you have a developing Brian Edwards as well. You have Darren that, that, Waller. You've got Darren Waller. You've got Jacobs. You've got Brent. We finally got like that big kind of bruiser running back um, in Bolden. Yeah. yeah. We've got Kenyon Drake again coming out. I'm excited to see what Josh McDaniels can scheme up with that. You've got Foster Moreau as well at tight end. I mean, there, there are some... We thought last year we were excited with Ruggs and with Renfro and Edwards and Waller and Jacobs and Drake. This year, I think we even go up another notch. 100%. from. I mean, anytime you add the best wide receiver in the game at the moment, that just takes like an astronomical leap upwards and super stoked about that. Um, and there's some other, there's some other like kind of depth signings. I think really the key to the season, Micah, if we're being honest with everybody, is going to be the re-signing of Brandon Parker. I think that one sends, sets us over the top. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. I almost got away with doing that uh, without a laugh without or a smile or yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah. I yeah. almost got through that, but I didn't. 
So, uh, yeah. No, why did we sign that Bosa? Well, we just talked about it, right? You said you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Bosa in, in San Diego, in San Diego. There I go too in L.A. I mean, we've got Miller, right? I like Miller on one side of the ball. What are we going to do on the other side of the ball? And I'm not convinced James at center is. I mean, I feel like we need help at the guard and the tackle. Um, uh, yeah, the guard and the tackle position. As well as center, like I, I, I'm looking at, I, I'm looking at the offensive line right now, and it's I, to me it's the obvious weakest link in the offense. Well, it's obviously the most important link as well. Now you can argue this though, uh, you know Derek Carr, he's like what was it, the most or the second best in completion percentages out of play action, yet we ran it like the the least in the entire NFL or something. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. So, play action can make up for some of the woes for uh, for an offensive line that might be subpar or mediocre at best. So, I would look at Josh McDaniels. I would think that he's going to bring a more play action pass oriented, or I should just say play action oriented offensive scheme to the Raiders, which may soften the blow of not having the best offensive line out there. But look, man, free agency's still going. And we've got the draft coming up. Draft seems pretty well stacked. It's always stacked with offensive linemen, right? I mean, you can always find, you know, road graders out there, even in the third, fourth, fifth round. So I think that's probably going to be the tack that they take as well as um, the scheme change on the offense. So... It'll be interesting to see if that plays a role, um, a big role this year in as, as far as in how far we can go with the offense. Because the the keys are the, the the players are there, right? The talent is there. There's absolutely zero question about that on the offensive side of the ball. The talent is there, but can we scheme it up? That's all. That, that's been honestly. It seems like to me nine times, eight times out of ten, can the Raiders scheme it to get their talented players in a position to win? And that always seems like it's been what's troubled us. We can't do it. The coaching staff, whatever it is, will not do it. They try to fit a square peg in a round hole with these athletes. And I'm interested to see if Josh McDaniels is going to be the guy that can tailor this offense to the players that we have and put together what should be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It it always felt like other teams were one or two steps ahead of what the Raiders had schemed up, that whether it was defense or whether it was offense, um, it it just felt like other teams knew what was going to happen. And we probably knew what was going to happen and couldn't do anything about it because we could not change the scheme. One interesting note, um, I guess you mentioned addition by subtraction. We we, we released uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. We released Corey Littleton, who never unfortunately panned out of what I thought he was going to be. I was really excited when we signed Corey Littleton from the Rams. A fast linebacker thought we had finally addressed the linebacker position, and he ended up playing special teams, which you don't play. You don't pay a guy seventeen million dollars to cover a few punts every game. Like you just can't do that. And so he was let go. Um, 
Alec Ingold, unfortunately, I think this is a money thing too, signed with the uh, Dolphins. Wish him the best of luck as he recovers from his ACL. Always love Ingold. Made the team as an undrafted free agent. Great story uh, for him. Tough loss there. Yeah. Uh, We cut one. Oh, we cut Carl Nassib as well. Uh, I think his contract, they pushed it out so that there's some some dead cap space. But, Micah, you mentioned the draft and the third round, fourth round, those picks and stuff. Is there anybody that catches your eye that that you've noticed or that, I, I mean, the draft is still a month away. Maybe you haven't. Um, I love the draft personally. I love doing mock drafts. So I like seeing all these names and where they're going and and stuff like that and then watch see how closely it matches um in the actual draft is there anybody that you've like thought hmm i like that guy in a now a third fourth fifth round um area you know with with the Devonte adams thing it's really shaken so much of what i have been looking at in the draft which was the obvious need right it was wide receiver you know, right, like, the okay. top wide receiver in the first round. Right, so like most of my focus had been on like uh, Olave, Burks. You know, I'm thinking, okay, one of these guys I think could be there. The, the was it what a 22nd overall pick. Um, uh, so I have to do a little more digging. I I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, I had some players that I mean we've talked about. I, everything was really geared around the offensive position for me. Um, even like we talked about, uh, Khalil Shakir, wide receiver out of Boise State. You know, we're looking at wide receiver positions, trying to figure out what we're going to do there. Um, so the the draft world has kind of been turned upside down. Now, no first, no second round picks. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go back to the drafting board, if you will, and uh, pun intended, and, and kind of figure out like. See what my strategy is going to be now. What I think the strategy should be. We still have some free agency to go. You know, we're sitting here right now, Tyler, looking at rumors that Tyrone Matthew, the honey badger, just checked into a hotel in Vegas. Uh, There are rumors that Matthew and Stephon Gilmore, the linebacker out of uh, New England, with obvious ties to... uh, Corner. uh, I'm sorry, corner. Obvious ties... um, uh, from New England to our head coach, uh, you know, that the, the, they might both be joining the Raiders. Um, so I'm going to have to, you know, that's going to shake things up as well. You pick up a, another corner, another safety like that. Um, you know, we're looking at, when we've talked about the offensive side of the ball, you know, we're looking at defensive side now. Obviously, linebacker is a glaring need. A lot of people thinking we're going to start gearing towards a more 3-4 offense or excuse me three four defense well if that's the case right now tyler what do we have like three linebackers on the team we're missing yeah, a few we, you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah we signed a couple yeah yeah so like we, we need uh, uh we need some linebackers uh i'm looking at the defensive tackle position as well we've lost a few players there um we don't know what's going to happen with abram you know we bring in a guy like matthew you can't think I mean, Abram's got to become a rotational player then at that point, right? Or do you drop him down into an outside lane? But linebacker position, I don't hate that. 
in my opinion, if he could make that adjustment, he's a bruiser. He loves running downhill anyway. Um, if he could read coverages out of the linebacker position, if that would be a big deal for him or not. Doesn't seem like he was very good at reading coverages anyway out of the safety position. So. No, he was not. So, you know, it's for to, and then obviously the offensive line. So I would say the two biggest needs, in my opinion, offensive line and linebacker position. So I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board. I think next podcast, now that we kind of see what's going on, we'll see what develops over the next week or two. Next podcast, let me put together a few names uh, because nothing jumps out at me right now. And like I said, I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me for the draft. How about you, man? Is there anybody you're looking at third and fourth round that, that I mean, as somebody who covers the draft fairly thoroughly as you, um, any any name right now that's jumping out to you that would fill a hole? So there there is. And he might fall maybe to the third round. Um, he's a, he's a right tackle in college. That's what he played. So there's no conversion from left to right or anything like that. Uh, his, he played at Minnesota. He's six foot nine, three seventy nine. Holy cow. His name is Daniel Falele. Oh yeah. Uh, he is a mammoth of a man. Um, he, he doesn't really have an injury history, which is fantastic. Plays, like I said, plays the right tackle position very well. People cannot get around him. He is literally too big for people to bolt, like, go around him. And you're not going through him. The dude is just, he, he's a Polynesian guy. Like, they are notorious for just absolute brute strength. Right. And the guy is quick, too, deceptively quick. That is one guy that I have my eye on. Another guy, uh, let me get his... You know, what, I don't know what it is about the Midwest schools producing linemen, but they produce, it seems like, at least five or six really good offensive linemen every year. The Minnesotas, the Iowas, the Iowa States, the, the even the Ohio's. You know, it's yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know what they feed them around there, but uh, uh, they come up with a few road graders every year in the draft. Yes, they do. And, and even if like it takes a year for him to fill it out or to to figure out some stuff, you get the guy on a, a the NFL regimen, all of that stuff, like. He's going to be a beast. He reminds me of a more athletic version of Trent Brown. And I know that that's like a swear word in Raider Nation. I get it. He <laughs> he did not play well for the Raiders. But he is a mammoth of a man that you just cannot, like, you have to scheme for him. You have to make sure that you have a plan either to confuse him or something like that because you sure as heck aren't going around him and you're not going to go through him. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned defensive tackle is fairly thin. If we do run a 3-4, you've got to have a guy in the middle that's just like a beefcake. Just just like call him beefcake, call him meatloaf, whatever, mashed potatoes and gravy. You've got to have a big guy to anchor that defensive line. A guy coming out of another Idaho school, the Idaho Vandals out of Moscow, his name is Noah Ellis. He is Six foot four, three sixty six. Uh, look for him in wow. 
usually in mock drafts, he's been going like between rounds five and seven, somewhere in there. Um, I was talking with some draft gurus on Twitter who think he is definitely going to hear his name called probably in later rounds just because he is kind of raw. Um, but his father played in the NFL and, but he's a big kid, lots of room for, you know, that's what you kind of are looking for in the fifth and seventh rounds. You're looking for somebody that's a project player, probably not going to come in unless you're Hunter Renfro or Max Crosby. You're not going to come in, make a huge difference, but this kid has the tools. He has the size. He has the speed to just be an absolute beefcake on that front line. So those are two names, Daniel Falele uh, from Minnesota and Noah Ellis from the University of Idaho, the Vandals up in Moscow. Um, those are a couple guys that I have my my eyes on, plus the uh, Tanner Connor that, I, that we interviewed as well. So yeah. those are just a few names that I'm dropping. Um, take it for what you will. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, you know, before we wrap up, I mean, it's going to be, it's been a wild free agency so far. I and mean, you still have... You just have big names out there, man. Baker Mayfield, where is he going to end up? You know, like we talked about, Stephon Gilmore, you got Tyron Matthews. Deshaun Watson is now a Brown. Right, right. So, like, you know, nothing's guaranteed as far as, you know, we mentioned Matthew, mentioned Gilmore. You know, there are a lot of rumors swirling around that, but then about as many rumors that you see where it's like, oh, this is all but done, then somebody comes out of nowhere and is like, there have been, like, no talks on either side, FYI. So, I don't know where else. So, so... You know, the rumor mill is grinding fast and grinding strong this time of year uh, and turning out all kinds of misinformation. So take it for what you will. But um, for what has been a wild free agency, man, it's still going. There's still going to be some crazy stuff. I mean, the Tyreek Hill news, literally all of a sudden it was like, oh, Chiefs may trade Tyree Kill. And then like 20 minutes later, it's like, Chiefs traded Tyree Kill. <laughs> it's like, holy cow. That has to be the fastest going from rumor to being true that I've ever seen in my, you know, what has this been? 15 years, 18 years of watching football. Um, uh, so, I mean, that was, who knows? What else? I mean, the NFL landscape is looking so much different right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I watch my phone now waiting to see, like, what's the next thing that's going to happen? What's the next craziest thing? So be interested to see where, like, a guy like Baker Mayfield ends up. I mean, you have team, you know, of like, I guess Washington, they've got a name now, the Commanders. Um, yeah, that's changed since we lost. I know, her. right? That, Jeez, Louise! You got Washington. Uh, who else needs a quarterback right now? Well, Washington got Carson Wentz. Remember? Oh, that's true. That's just they got Carson. So Wentz. they traded for Wentz. Well, they're Super and then Bowl Matt Ryan. Now. Yeah, Matt Ryan went from Atlanta to Indianapolis. Right. Deshaun Watson went from uh, from Houston up to um, Cleveland. Um, so does Baker what, head uh, over to Atlanta? You know, does Atlanta make a I've play heard, for a quarterback? 
The Panthers are looking for a quarterback. Tom Brady came out of retirement. That, I mean, seriously, what in the, what is going on around here? I don't know. It, 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 uh, I mean, the Seahawks. I don't. I don't see the Seahawks going into the season with Drew Locke, right? As their as their top guy. No. Um, Geno Smith. I've heard, and and I could see. I mean, right now, it, it, I I think that I think that Cleveland kind of kind of messed up big time by not trading Mayfield first and then announcing they were getting. Um, Oh, Deshaun Watson, because now, I mean, they, they want a first round pick for Baker Mayfield. No team in their right mind is no. going to trade a first round pick because you know that Deshaun Watson's going to start and you know that Baker Mayfield is not going to sit on the bench like he's not going to go for that. Right. And so it's like his dad won't let it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> his dad won't let it. Um and his progressive car commercials probably won't let it either. He's got to take care of the ha- some house, and it can't be the ba- the Browns' house anymore. So that's true. Um, I could see. I've heard Seattle is one destination. Um, it seems like Atlanta is content on running with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I hope. I wish him the best of luck. He's a great dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sad really enjoyed to see him. him. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you've got the Panthers that are looking for a quarterback. You've got the Seahawks, I would think, that are looking for a quarterback. I'm probably missing, an, well, Houston. I don't think they may be looking for a quarterback, either short-term or long-term. Um, so, oh, the Bears got Mitch Trubisky. I forgot about that one. Wow. Or no, they didn't. It wasn't the Bears. I'm sorry. That was the Steelers. The Steelers got Mitch Trubisky. So, um, the whole landscape yeah. of the NFL, I feel like, has just like really turned over this year. Yeah, it's like this Madden franchise uh, thing. By the way, Kenyon Drake, I want credit for what you said on Twitter about it being a Madden franchise. Just if you ever listen, you stole you, know you stole it and tweeted it. Out of the thousands that listen to the podcast, you know that... Uh, and millions. That, that he's one of them. You can count him amongst the loyal listeners. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Tyler, you have anything else for Raider Nation before we wrap no, up? No, man. I'm tired. I, I can't even imagine how tired you are because you're two hours ahead of me. But I'm like, my brain is just <laughs> shot from great interview, uh, great free agency talk. It's been a while since we we've done this. I missed it, uh, but it just, I, I needed some time to heal wounds. And so, uh, 100%, 100%. that was hopefully, I, I hope we're back. Uh, I always love the draft. I, I say that every podcast. I love the draft, love scouting new guys, love hearing stories like Tanner's. Um, and, and it's just, it's great time of year. So very exciting. Yeah. hundred percent. Raider Nation, we appreciate you always hanging in there with us, getting back on a little bit of a normal schedule. Even during the offseason, I feel like we'll uh, hit the airwaves a little bit more and bring along with us the lusty voice of Birch that you guys all know and love so much. Tyler, man, it was great to get back on. Wishing you and yours a happy and prosperous free agency, what's left of it, and (laughs) looking forward to the draft. Raider Nation, thank you as always for tuning in. We'll just catch you in the next one.
just win, baby.